Hey moms, welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson podcast. I'm Dorenda, wife to one, mom to eight, nana to nine, and 28-year veteran homeschooling mom. I'm also the author of The Unhurried Homeschooler, a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling, The Four-Hour School Day, How You and Your Kids Can Thrive in the Homeschool Life, and Unhurried Grace for a Mom's Heart, which is a devotional that I wrote specifically for homeschooling moms. I hope you'll check out all three of those books at my website, DorendaWilson.com. You can also find those books on Amazon, and you can find The Four-Hour School Day at any of your favorite booksellers, in addition to the places that I mentioned. I also want to remind you that I'm speaking in half a dozen places yet in 2023, and I would love to meet you in person. So I'll leave a link in the show notes so that you can check out the places that I'll be speaking and maybe we can possibly meet face to face. And then last, I want to make sure that you know about the online mentoring course that I have. Um, I just basically walk moms through what it looks like to take a more simple, unhurried approach to homeschooling from kindergarten all the way to 12th grade. I will leave that link in the show notes as well. Lastly, I love to share uh, one of my favorite math resources, and this is CTC Math. And you've heard me talk about them for some time, but I'm wondering if you've tried them yet. CTC Math provides online video tutorials that make learning math easy and effective. This online math program uses creative graphics and animation that are sure to grab and keep your child's attention. I encourage you to start your free trial today by visiting ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com, and I will leave a link in the show notes to that as well. All right, you guys know that I love to cover topics that relate to motherhood and homeschooling, and today's topic is no different. Um, although it's it's a bit different than usual, I, um, I doubt that any of us have not been touched by cancer, either in our own lives or in the lives of uh, those that we love. Um, at the end of 2022, my mom was diagnosed with ovarian and possibly liver cancer. She needed surgery and biopsies to determine what was going on. And around the time of her surgery, I ran across an interview on Relatable with Allie Stuckey. She was interviewing Chris Wark from ChrisBeatCancer.com. Now, I wouldn't normally have listened, but of course, given the circumstances, I was intrigued. So I listened and then I binge listened to Chris's podcast over the course of several weeks. And I learned that there was a growing number of cancer survivors who had opted for a holistic approach rather than conventional chemo and radiation treatments. I felt so much more educated about health in general and specifically the prevention and healing of cancer. Uh, the information wasn't just hearsay or anecdotal, although there are a ton of great testimonies and powerful stories of healing even late stages of cancer through holistic means. But the information was backed by real science, broad, thorough studies and testimonies from well-trained, experienced doctors in the medical field who left the mainstream approach decades ago in order to utilize more holistic approaches for their patients. And that, my friends, is how we landed here doing this episode. Now, a cancer diagnosis is scary. It seems to bring with it a feeling of helplessness that uh, just really feels completely overwhelming and confusing. And so I wanted to have Chris on the podcast to share his story and offer a fresh perspective on healing and preventing cancer. And so I'll give you a little bit of background about him in case you don't know who he is. Chris is a young adult cancer survivor, best-selling author, and patient advocate. He was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2003 at just 26 years old. 
After surgery, Chris made the decision to go against his doctor's advice, opted out of chemotherapy, and chose to use nutrition and natural therapies to heal. Six years later, in 2010, Chris began sharing his story of faith, courage, and determination, and his message of hope that chronic diseases like cancer can be prevented and reversed with a radical transformation of diet and lifestyle. In the last decade, Chris has become one of the most well-known cancer survivors on the planet and reaches millions of people per year as a blogger, podcaster, speaker, and global health coach through his books, social media, and his website, chrisbeatcancer.com. Chris, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here today. Thanks, Dorinda. It's good to be with you. Well, I think that the best place for us to start is for you to share your story because it's very powerful and uh, I would love for the moms to hear it. Sure. Yeah. Well, um, thanks for that really great introduction. (laughs) (laughs) I, uh, yeah, I was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer when I was 26 years old. And this was uh, in December, 2003, just a few days before Christmas. Mm. And you know, yeah, it's terrifying to get a cancer diagnosis at any age, but it was particularly shocking to get it as a, you know, young adult. Yeah. And uh, I had been having abdominal pain for the better part of the year that I, it would come and go randomly. It wasn't debilitating, but it was just, I knew that there was something going on. Mm-hmm. Maybe I had an ulcer and, uh, but the pain got worse over time and eventually uh, you know, I was like, I, I got to go to the doctor, try to figure out what's wrong. And uh, I had a colonoscopy. They, that's when they found a golf ball sized tumor and mm. biopsied it, sent it to the lab, called me within a day or so and said, you have colon cancer. Mm. So <clears throat> just for anybody that is curious, some of the, the symptoms are obviously abdominal pain uh, the, and dark stool. So mm-hmm. Blood in your stool, not necessarily. A lot of times people get a little blood in their stool because maybe there's a little small tear, you know, Mm -hmm. opening around the anus. But um, it's really dark, you know, black stool Mm. is is another major indication. Um, And it's sort of an an urge to go to the bathroom and and then relief after you go um, is another indication. You have a tumor in your colon and and your colon is full right? It's going to mm-hmm. be pressing on the tumor and causing you some discomfort or pain. Sure. So just for anybody listening, that's, <laughs> those are the symptoms. Um, <clears throat> so what I was told after my diagnosis was we got to get you into surgery right away and get this thing out of you before it spreads and kills you. Right. And uh, this is what happens to cancer patients after they're diagnosed. They are rushed into treatment that they don't understand out of fear. Mm. The medical industry uses fear, especially the cancer industry, uses Mm -hmm. fear Mm -hmm. to motivate patients to say yes to treatments Mm -hmm. that are highly, highly profitable and unfortunately not highly effective. Mm. My mom had the same experience and uh, it was was so interesting because um, she literally felt bullied. Right. And, and pushed into making a decision immediately. And yes. she was incredibly weak after her surgery. And I think you share this in your book, how, how you felt after surgery. And I actually read several chapters of your book to my mom on like an audio file and just would text it to her to listen to because she was just resting and recovering. And um, she could so relate to, you know, the feelings and the, just the, 
the whole just being complete, feeling like you got hit by a train, you know, and here she was so weak and just being pushed. And I just said, mom, you don't need to make a decision right now. And so, yes, I totally hear what you're saying. The medical industry is a for-profit business and people tend to, to not make those connections. They just mm-hmm. think that doctors are saints or whatever. Right. And then everybody's just doing it for the, doing what they do for the good of humanity and because they love other people so much. And it's, it's not, it's just not true. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and there's a lot of wonderful doctors, but they're yes. trapped in a system that is, again, the medical system is, uh, has been designed and refined over many, many, many decades to generate maximum revenue. Mm-hmm. That, that mm-hmm. is the point. And so patients are rushed into treatments that they don't understand out of fear and, uh, it's not okay. And a lot of times when someone gets a diagnosis, they're not even sick. They don't feel sick, right? Mm-hmm. They don't even have symptoms. A lot of cancer mm-hmm. patients are diagnosed just because they have a lump or a bump. I mean, they're not, their quality of life is normal mm-hmm. and they're treated as though it's, it's an emergency. And what I'm here to tell you and your audience is most cancer diagnoses are not an emergency and you mm-hmm. have time to read and research and think and pray mm-hmm. and consider your next steps carefully. And you should never let anyone rush you into something out of fear. Mm. Uh, fear is not from God. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can't make a good decision when you're in a state of fear, panic, worry, and anxiety. Mm. I mean, your brain chemistry changes when you're in that kind of a state and you can't think clearly or, or rationally or logically. Right, right. And so, yeah, I didn't understand any of these things in December 2004, right. <laughs> but uh, I do now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so there I was, and they said, we got to get, get you in surgery right away. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I guess I got to do this. And I, I happened to postpone it, the surgery 10 days because they literally wanted me in immediately and I was going to be in the hospital over Christmas. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. So I went in on December 30th. They took out a third of my colon. When I woke up from surgery, they said, it's worse than we thought. You're stage 3C. Mm-hmm. That means the cancer had spread to some surrounding lymph nodes. Of course, they took everything out they could see. Right. And they said, you're going to need 9 to 12 months of chemotherapy. So, you know, that was more bad news. Right. And I initially accepted that that was, you know, uh, this was my fate. Right. Um, but a couple of things happened in the hospital. The first was the very first meal they served me after taking out a third of my large intestine was a sloppy Joe. <laughs> and, you know, sloppy Joe's. Oh my goodness. Jello. Uh, uh, yeah. Sloppy Joe. <laughs> the sloppy Joe is such a weird food item it, because it really is. That nobody likes them, right? <laughs> nobody is asking for a sloppy Joe. Restaurants don't serve them. They're never on the menu, right? The only place that I knew of where you could get a sloppy Joe was summer camp or right. I, uh, possibly the military, uh, definitely in prison. <laughs> I love it. And, and maybe right. uh, on a night when mom doesn't know what else to cook. There's that. I get it. No, yeah. It's, <laughs> I'm not trying to shame any moms out right. there for making sloppy Joes. I get it. I get it. So and my, ma- my mom made them too. Okay. Mom, yeah. but, but anyway, the point is like, why are they serving this in hospitals to sick people? Right. Like, really? This is the best you can come up with? And this <laughs> industrialized cafeteria food? Mm. And so that was 
a bit of a surprise because you know I didn't I wasn't a healthy guy, right. but I definitely knew the difference difference between <laughs> health food and junk food. I mean, if someone had said which is healthier, a salad or a sloppy Joe, I'd be like the salad. Right. So uh, anyway, I uh, you know I ate it. I was really hungry. Uh, so the the other thing that happened in the hospital was the day I was told I could go home, my surgeon came in to check on me and we were just having a conversation about what, what was next and how I was doing and whatever. And I just happened to say, Hey, is there any food I need to avoid? Because I was just thinking about, well, you know, logically they just cut out a third of my large intestine. Everything right. you eat is going down the tube, right? right. Going through that mm-hmm. part of my body and I want to make sure like, you know, is a hot sauce a problem or, you know, I mean, so his answer was, no, just don't lift anything heavier than a beer. <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, like wink, wink. Wow. So yeah. And I was just like, okay. You know, I mean, that was it. No nutritional mm-hmm. advice at all. Mm-hmm. And so I'm mm-hmm. starting to see this, um, this sort of pervasive lack of care in terms of nutrition, mm-hmm. right? It's like, nobody cares what you eat. Doesn't matter what you eat. This is the belief system in the medical community. Right, right. That food doesn't create health or disease. This is basically what they're leading patients to believe. <clears throat> and uh, and it gets worse because when a, when a patient is diagnosed with cancer or, hey, diabetes, heart disease, <clears throat> a lot of autoimmune diseases, when a patient says, hey, uh, you know, like, how, how did I get this disease? Like, how did I get cancer? Mm-hmm. Why did I get cancer? Assuming they're not a smoker, right? Right. Uh, the answer is almost always, well, we don't, we don't know. Uh, it's, it's either hereditary, it's genetic, or it's just bad luck. Right. And it's, my mom was said, was told that, you know, it, it was not her fault and, that there was nothing she could have done. Yeah. And so that conversation happens every day in cancer clinics all over the the country. And I'm assuming all over the world, uh, doctors tell patients, there's nothing you did and uh, to contribute to your disease. There's nothing at all that you did in your life that possibly could have contributed to your current situation right now. Mm-hmm. And uh, therefore, and they tell them patients that is, you know, it's just pandering ba- basically just to, to make them feel better. We don't want you to feel any worse. Cancer's hard enough. Right. We don't want you to feel any worse than you already do. So we're just going to tell you, there's nothing you did. And guess what? If there's nothing you did, then there's nothing you can do to help yourself. Right. Right. You're going to automatically make that association. Yeah. And you're a victim, right? Mm -hmm. That's Mm -hmm. the real message, right? Mm -hmm. The underlying message is you're a victim of disease. Right. And uh, the only thing you can do is show up for treatment. We, we are your only hope. Mm. And no, you don't need to change your diet. No, you don't need to take supplements. No, you don't need to exercise. No, no, you don't need to do it. You just need to go home and you keep living the, life, the same life you were living before you got cancer. So this is, in my opinion, medical malpractice. It's egregious. It should be, it honestly should be criminal. It should be criminalized for doctors to not disclose to patients that there's so much published peer-reviewed evidence on diet and lifestyle interventions that improve cancer survival. And yeah, and that message is empowering. It's yes. not it's not condemning, it's right. not it's more like okay, 
maybe some things you've eaten or the way you've lived up to this point has has contributed, but you can do something about it. Right. And that's the key right there. Yeah. It's not a message of hopelessness. It's a message of, hey, we've got tools. That's right. And uh, here's the reality. Up to 90% of cancers, maybe more, are caused by three factors, diet, lifestyle choices, and environment. Mm. Diet, lifestyle, and environment. And so this is not to blame or shame anybody, but you don't know what you don't know, right? Right. You don't know you're doing something that's hurting you, I'm assuming, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you're smoking. They've been telling Mm -hmm. you, you know, telling us for decades, cigarettes cause cancer, so there's no excuse there. Alcohol causes cancer. A lot of people still don't know that, Mm. believe it or not, but it does. Mm. Um, But generally the food component, the diet component, people really don't understand what foods are promoting cancer. Mm. And uh, and we're all just kind of eating whatever we want to eat generally because we live Mm -hmm. in a rich nation and there's food everywhere. Right, right. And most of it is highly processed and uh, loaded with sugar, salt, and oil, very, very high in animal protein and fat. And these are all... Uh, components of food uh, that fuel cancer growth. Mm-hmm. And we're not eating fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. This is a huge problem, right? Compared to other countries with lower rates of cancer, across the board, they all consume more plant food. And I can get to that in a minute, but mm-hmm. back to my story. So I, um, you know, I go home and I was recovering from surgery. And, and uh, as I sobered up and got off the pain medication, I started to think about my life and my future and the idea of poisoning my way back to health with chemotherapy didn't make sense. <laughs> right, right. To me. And I didn't know what else to do. And so I prayed about it. My wife and I are believers. And mm-hmm. I just said, God, you know, if there's another way besides chemotherapy, please show me. I don't know what to do. I trust you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I just trusting you to supply all my needs, you know, to to make a way for me and to direct mm-hmm. my steps. And uh, two days later, I got a book that was sent to me from a friend of my dad's who lived in Alaska. Hmm. And he sent me a book about healing cancer with a raw food diet. It's written by George Malcolmus. And George had, you know, I was reading his story, colon cancer in the 70s. He had seen a bunch of people go through chemo in his life, including his mom, suffer and die. And he just happened to have a friend who said, hey, you know, you got cancer, you need to get on a raw food diet. Go back to the Garden of Eden, Mm -hmm. raw fruits and vegetables, Mm -hmm. all organic. You need to get a juicer and start juicing carrots and drink carrot juice. And so George did that and got well. His body healed. Mm -hmm. took about a year. Mm -hmm. And his story was so inspiring to me. I mean, I was just like, wow, wait a minute. Are you telling me that the body can heal? No one's told me that, Mm -hmm. right? The body creates cancer and the body can heal it. Oh, well, that that does make sense uh, if given the proper nutrients and care. Mm. Right. And this is the important part, right? If it's not healing, that means there's some there's some changes that need to be made. There's some action that needs to be taken to facilitate healing. And you got to figure out what is what is contributing to my disease, right? Right. Identify those factors, remove them from your life, and replace them with factors. Diet is a huge one mm-hmm. that promote health and healing. And right. so, uh, you know, I overnight I was like, this is what I'm doing. Raw food, I'm doing it. I'd never heard of the raw food diet. Back then, it wasn't cool or hip or whatever. There was no social media. There was no young, beautiful people promoting a raw right. food diet right. or a vegan diet. It was mm-hmm. a diet for weirdos and sick people. <laughs> That's what it was. And uh, and I was both, actually. So it worked out. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is perfect for me. Um, and I was excited to see what would happen. Like, mm-hmm. what would happen if I only ate fruits and vegetables, uncooked, 
Right. And and I was I really was fascinated by this idea, you know, the, mm-hmm. and I wanted to find out. So, <clears throat> uh, yeah, I went straight to Whole Foods, loaded up the cart, bought a bunch of vegetables, fruit, bought a juicer. Whole Foods used to sell juicers back then. Wow. Uh, and so I was on my way. I mean, there was no deliberation. Uh, the, the, the hard part, that was not the hard part, by the way, the mm-hmm. hard part was people around me mm-hmm. that didn't understand what I was doing and were trying to talk me out of it. Right. Right. And, and these were not people who were qualified in any way to have an opinion, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. On healing cancer. But mm-hmm. anyway, they had, they had opinions nonetheless. And they put a lot of stress uh, on me saying like, oh, that doesn't work. You can't do that. Like, why would you do that? You know, you got to do what the doctor says. If you don't do what the doctor says, you're going to die. And, uh, you know, that's not fun. It's not fun to hear that kind of stuff no. from people. people no, especially you when about. you're doing something so different already. And, right. you know, it's, yeah, that's rough, especially when the people around you are not supporting you. And I think that's not uncommon if you're going to try something alternative, you can, you can expect some pushback. Yeah. And people just don't understand. And that's, I mean, this is, there's a broader lesson here. That's a spiritual one. It's like, mm-hmm. you know, when God gives you a path, mm-hmm. uh, don't expect people to understand right. the path. You know, right. when, when you ask for something and you get an answer and it, and the answer is requires some action from you that is a little out of the ordinary, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you're going to have to go alone probably. Right. Exactly. Right. You're gonna have exactly. to take. You're gonna have to travel that path alone for some period of time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for for a season. And right. so that was hard. I mean, I it was hard for me, but I realized I had to do it. I just realized that God is is given. I asked for another way. Mm-hmm. He has opened up a door. Mm-hmm. I'm going through it, and I'm going through it alone. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm stepping out into the unknown. Right. And that is scary. But guess what happens when you step out of the boat? Right. You've mm-hmm. got to fix your eyes on Jesus. Mm-hmm. You've got to trust him in a way that you never have before. I mean, yes. intimately and deeply and desperately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so obviously this forced me to, to really double down on my faith, you know? Mm-hmm. And the first verse that came to mind actually after my diagnosis was Romans eight twenty eight, which says, we know that God works all things for the good of those who love him. Mm-hmm. and who are mm-hmm. called according to his purpose. And so I was like, man, that's a challenging verse right there. I mean, it was encouraging, right? It's like, this is a promise. He's he's going to work all things for your good. All things, that's the bad things, right? Right, right. Like, yeah, the good things, it's already good, right? He's right. going to work the bad things for your good. And this was said, this was by Paul after he had been imprisoned and beaten, to, you know, almost right. to death and shipwrecked. Like he had been through hell on earth. And, and still, this was his testimony that God mm-hmm. works all things for the good of those who love him. So I'm like, man, okay, like I'm going to believe this, right? I'm choosing to believe this is true. And that's what faith is. It's choosing to believe, right? Right. And, um, and so that was a big one. And then, uh, you know, Psalm 34 is such an incredible chapter. Mm, when I love you are, that one. When you're in a place in your life of desperation, uh, as David was, uh, you know, Psalm 34 comes alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, verse 19, I'm not gonna read the whole chapter, but uh, verse 19, I would just, I'll just say it. The righteous may have many afflictions, but the Lord delivers them from them all. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh man, that's my verse right there. That's mm-hmm. it. Put that on a banner. 
Right. That is my verse. Okay. <laughs> Claim like I'm, to that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm claiming that for me. And so, you know, uh, it, it, I have a book called Chris Beat Cancer, you know, and thank you for mentioning it. I mean, if people want to know all the details and the story and all that, I mean, it's it's in there. Yes. Uh, and everything I did, which is, it's hard to cram it all into a, a you know, a podcast interview. Right. But point is, I, I radically changed my diet. That was the first step. It's like, I'm going to change what I put in my mouth. And then from there, I realized, you know, there's a lot more I can change. There's a lot more things I can change in my life. This was, that was a very powerful first step to get that healing momentum mm-hmm. going. And then I realized, well, okay, what else can I change, right? I need to start exercising. I need to start taking care of myself. I need to start getting really good sleep, going to bed early, right? And we need to clean up our household and get the toxic, you know, junk out of there. Sure. Like cleaning products and body care mm-hmm. products. So I'm just just step by step, just re reorganizing my life and my routine and and uh doing everything I can to support my body's ability to heal. Right. And then I found a, a naturopathic doctor who connected me with an integrative oncologist. So I worked with those two men uh that uh were my only support system besides my mom mm-hmm. in the in the beginning. Right, right. And I was a newlywed. I mean, my wife mm. loved me, but she really, she was, she was kind of paralyzed in a right, lot of ways. Right, right. Probably by, struggling to understand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. By, by fear and worry and, and not knowing what to do and how to help. And it was hard for her, you know? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't fault her for it at all. Like, you know, she loved me and did the best she could in the beginning. And then, but she came around, mm-hmm. you know, she really started to come around. It didn't take that long. Um for her to sort of understand why I was doing what I was doing. And, and, um, and so I just created a simple daily routine mm-hmm. that revolved around mainly nutrition. Right. Right. It's flooding my body with as much nutrients as possible every day from fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, herbs and spices, food that God made. And what, what I've learned since is there's, I didn't know this at the time, there, were, there are all of these incredible studies. I mean, more than you could ever read. Hundreds of thousands of published studies on anti-cancer compounds in plant matter, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? In plant food. Mm-hmm. So the most powerful uh, anti-cancer vegetables are garlic, onions, and leeks. Those mm-hmm. are the top three. Rounding out the top 10 is the cruciferous family. Broccoli, cauliflower, kale, cabbage, Brussels sprouts, bok choy. And so most of those, uh, what I just described is a salad, right? A giant salad. Right. right. And so I figured that out pretty quickly that this was the most potent anti-cancer meal was a giant salad. Broccoli, cauliflower, kale, cabbage, onions, mushrooms, peppers, Mm -hmm. uh, almonds, walnuts, uh, pumpkin seeds, broccoli sprouts or, or, or alfalfa sprouts. Other kinds of sprouts like mung beans, sprouted lentils, sprouted garbanzo beans, and then spices like garlic, red pepper, um, oregano, turmeric, curcumin, you know. Right. Uh, not curcumin. That's not a, that's an, an element of turmeric. Right. Um, curry powder. And then uh, sauerkraut, olive oil, apple cider vinegar. And, you know, I just everything in the spice cabinet and the refrigerator all the vegetables and the spices I could cram into the bowl. And, uh, and it turned out to be pretty delicious. Mm-hmm. And so I realized, okay, I can, I can, this, that was really good. I could eat that again tomorrow. I actually, I could eat that again for dinner. 
Right. I could eat this every day, twice a day, indefinitely. And so mm-hmm. that's what I did. Right. I just decided I'm going to eat the most potent anti-cancer meal twice a day, every day. And breakfast was, it was just juicing, right? Mm-hmm. So I'd get up and make 64 ounces of juice, drink juices through the morning, eat my giant salad, juices through the afternoon, another giant salad, finish whatever juice was left. And that was my nutritional protocol. Mm-hmm. Um, I did take a lot of supplements and herbs and all kinds of stuff. You know, just my attitude was, uh, it was a, I had a very simple criteria. If there is no risk of harm and there is a potential benefit and I can find it and afford it, I'll take right. it. Right. Right. And so, yeah, so I, I, you know, I took all kinds of stuff, but at the end of the day, there's no, there's no quick fix. There's no miracle cure. There's no right. magic bullet. There's no one thing that's going to cure cancer, but the body can heal if you give it this abundance of nutrients, mm-hmm. vitamins. Mm-hmm. This is what you get from plant food. You get vitamins, minerals, enzymes, very important, especially from raw food, right. antioxidants, fiber, water, and probiotics. Mm. That's good bacteria. And right. we eat so much processed cooked food that we are not getting the incredible benefits of enzymes and probiotics from right. our food because it's right. all cooked. That and makes so, so much sense. Yeah. And there's certain compounds that are only created, only uh, absorbable when you eat vegetables raw. Right. And uh, sulforaphane is one that's gotten a lot of attention lately, and that's in broccoli and cauliflower, in, in the cruciferous vegetables. Mm-hmm. And allicin is one that's in garlic. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, again, I didn't know any of this. I was operating purely on instincts, intu- intuition, faith, and, and a handful of books. Right. Right. Just a handful of books, you know, that from the natural health community, cancer survivors and holistic practitioners. And I would just you know, go from book to book to book. And they, they were all saying the same things. They were all just saying raw food diet, juicing, exercise, fasting, forgiveness. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Forgiveness. Well, what's that about? Well, turns out that bitterness rots your bones. Yeah, just like Proverbs says. It's right there in Proverbs. <laughs> uh, and bitterness is a, a, a resentment, bitterness, unforgiveness, anger, mm-hmm. right? Guilt, mm-hmm. shame, right? These are all very, very toxic, negative emotions. And they're all rooted in the past. Right, right. right. Either you're holding bitterness toward people that have hurt you, you're holding on to guilt from your mistakes and shame. Those kind of go hand in hand. Right. Um, and when you're in a state, in, in any of those emotional states, you're producing stress in your body. And that stress, your body responds to stress by pumping adrenaline and cortisol. And there's a whole lot of other biochemical react- reactions that happen. I mean, it's really fascinating mm-hmm. what happens to the body under stress. And if you're in a, a situation where you're trying to escape from a, you know, home invasion or, you know, fight off a tiger, those hormones and chemicals will help you survive. Right. They call it fight or flight. Right. But the problem is most of us are going through, through our lives in this day out, day in, day out state of chronic stress. Absolutely. I like to call it fight or flight light. (laughs) And here's the problem. When cortisol is elevated, it's suppressing your immune system. Mm. It's promoting inflammation. It's uh, increasing weight gain. 
it's interfering with your brain function. You can't think clearly. It interferes with digestion. You don't absorb nutrients from food properly. Mm. Like there's this cascade of negative physical effects in your body when you're stressed. Right. And so I started to go down that rabbit hole of like understanding how stress was a major contributor to disease and cancer. And I realized, okay, I've got a lot of work to do, mm-hmm. right? I've really got to work. The diet part, man, that was easy, mm-hmm. right? Change that overnight and anybody can, right? right? Every person listening to the show, pretty much, unless you're on a feeding tube, you know, and even then you can make changes, can change what you put in your mouth starting next meal. Right, right? exactly. Exercise is another huge one, lifestyle factors, Exercise increases cancer survival. It reduces your risk of ever getting cancer. It, it increases feel-good hormones like dopamine. Mm-hmm. It just makes you happier. Right, you know? right. Exercise is so awesome. It, it, it increases detoxification, circulation, sweating. Exercise is awesome. Anyone pretty much listening can start exercising mm-hmm. today. Yeah, so and like, you don't have to do the crazy there's so much out there that's just like for I'm 55. So I'm not going to do the same workouts I did in my twenties. And I have have found an exercise that works for me. It's, it's, it has to be sustainable. Right. And for me, it's this 30 minutes of just of walking outside in nature and I, in it, and I'm a power walker. So, you know, it's, it's good. It's good exercise, but it's also a time where I can meditate Um, you know, so I, I kind of do two or three things all at once when I walk every morning and, um, and I just, I, I never want to miss my walks because you're right. They just, they feel so good. And it's so much a part of my rhythm and routine. And I've seen such a, an improvement, just being consistent with that simple exercise, a little bit of, you know, um, uh, you know, strength training with some light weights and some good stretching and, that's, That's it. perfect. You know? what, you would, what you described is perfect. Mm-hmm. Brisk walking is fantastic, especially mm-hmm. outside where you're getting fresh air and sunshine yes. and you're in nature. Yep. Like all of those things actually reduce your stress. They bring mm-hmm. cortisol down. They, mm-hmm. they switch off uh, all of these stress processes in the body right. and get, get you out of fight or flight and into this rest and digest mode, which is called um, parasympathetic dominance. Right. And so uh, nervous system, uh, that's nervous system jargon. But right. um, but the point is, these are things that anyone can do, right? Exercise, change your diet, and they're big levers mm-hmm. you can pull right away. Mm-hmm. And so I did that. But then what takes time is uh, really working on you, mm-hmm. right? Yourself, mm-hmm. your spirit, and how you think, how you act, how you react, what comes out of your mouth. Right. And <clears throat> so... Um, I realized, okay, I've got a, the first decision I made, well, let me back up. The first thing that I realized I needed to do was I had to cast my cares on Mm. Jesus because Mm -hmm. there was so much fear around Mm -hmm. cancer. Sure, sure. And so constantly when the fear would creep in, I would just catch it right in that moment and just be like, okay, God, I trust you. I'm not going to be afraid, right? I'm feeling Mm -hmm. the fear, but I'm choosing to trust you and to, right, to cast my cares on you. And so I did that over and over every day of just constantly, I give you my fear. I trust you. Show me what I need to do. This is the prayer. Show me what I need to do. Show me what I need to change. Mm-hmm. Right? What do I need to change in my life? Right. What, what, what's, in the, what's getting in my way? Like, what am I doing? And so that's, that's really healthy because a lot of times we're just like, fix me, fix me, you know? 
in our prayer life, like fix this problem, fix that problem, instead of like, uh, you know, what do I need to fix? Right, right. right? And, and just the the getting wisdom on the practices, the specific yeah. practices that will help, you know, help us align ourselves with what is true. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, in, in keeping our mind on things that are pure and lovely and of good report. And, you know, yes. even when I'm on my walk, sometimes I'll find my mind start going down a negative road and I immediately am like, sure. no, we're going to bring this back. God, you said to to meditate on things that are pure and lovely and of good report. And some people, you know, they hear the word meditate, they think, ooh, Eastern religion. It's like, no, there's biblical meditation. Yeah, and, and that's very different. That's not sitting and emptying your mind. It's sitting and filling your mind with the truth of who God is and his word. And, and all of that definitely, I, I mean, I'm hearing from what you're saying and what I've experienced as well. It's all intertwined. Like, what you're thinking about affects the chemistry in your body yes. and your stress levels and all the things that you just mentioned. And so that's why God tells us that we need to keep our mind on those kinds of things because he knows he made us and he knows those things are going to affect us poorly. And, um, you know, and that's the thing, you know, everything you're saying, I just keep going back to, you know, God created us, right? He made us. And I believe we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Yeah. And it makes sense that he would give us bodies that were made to heal themselves. Um, it's just, a, it's a matter of exercising the wisdom that he gives us, you know, and, and he gives us this food that's just amazing. So I'm going to just, I'm going to put it out there right now because um, my husband and I, ever since we listened to a ton of your podcasts and we prayed and we thought about it and we, and we both decided we're not going to wait till we're sick to do this. <laughs> so we decided we're, we're going to move and, and we're going to go to a uh, vegan uh, plant-based, you know, whole foods um, diet. And, um, and the food is so good and it is so tasty and it's so beautiful. I sometimes just take pictures of it because, <laughs> you know, all the colors and, um, and I just, and I feel so good. And the, you know, I don't have indigestion. I don't get an upset stomach. I mean, all these things just are, have just, just been major improvements, but we've just kind of like, we've sort of been like, oh, we're going to be closet vegans because it's so trendy right now to be a vegan. And so we're always thinking, oh, people are just going to think we're, you know, kind of going with the trend. And so we're kind of like, well, we're just going to do it and we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> well, you know, I love that. I mean, doing it just as a personal experiment yes, to yes. see how you feel and yes, uh, is a great, great way to approach it. And by the way, you don't even have to identify as a vegan because right. that is a it's a dietary identity that's really unnecessary. It's yeah, just, yeah. And we tell you know, people it's it's for health reasons. That's yeah. why we do it. And we feel good eating this way and yeah. and we're loving it. So Yeah, eating a plant-based diet, you know, and uh is an easier way for me. That's why I, the way I describe it is that I eat a plant-based diet. You know, it's right. not, it doesn't come with all the vegan baggage and right. all those connotations <laughs> and rules and you yes, know, exactly scrutiny exactly. and stuff like that. Because <laughs> you know, it's veganism is a much bigger it's a religion in itself. So yeah. I, I kind of avoid that, but, um, but yeah, it really is about the food that God made, right. And putting mm -hmm. all this good food in your body right. and getting away from the food that man made. And a lot of people are like, well, what's wrong? God, God made animals. We have permission to eat animals. Yes, that's true. Yes, he did. And yes, we do. But when you look at, when you look at the uh, rate of consumption 
mm-hmm. of animal food now versus mm-hmm. just a few generations ago, right. it has increased exponentially. Mm-hmm. Right? We are eating way more animals than we ever have in human history on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking about population-wide, yes, but on just individuals, right? Mm-hmm. And so in Bible times, right? And, and there are still many parts of the world where this is, uh, where nothing has changed, especially countries that are poor. Uh, and animal food was a luxury. Right. Right. It was a luxury and it wasn't breakfast, lunch, and dinner, right? It was on a special occasion, they would slaughter an animal, right? right. And have a feast mm-hmm. and enjoy it, right? right? It wasn't daily. And so, uh, that is the problem with animal food is where it is not good for you when you eat meat and dairy three times a day. It right. promotes cancer, heart disease, diabetes, all kinds of autoimmune diseases. There's there's just a whole host of problems with consuming tons of animal food. And I know people listening are like, you know, are probably going to be upset by that. But I'm, I'm just here to tell you, uh, there's so much science, so much evidence, so much research and and. And I talk about a lot of it in uh, my first book, Chris Beat mm-hmm, Cancer, mm-hmm. and a little bit of it in the cookbook too, mm-hmm. which, um, which is called Beat Cancer Kitchen. But, uh, but anyway, so, you know, I don't, I don't want, I want to make sure I close this loop on stress because I made a decision to forgive every person who's ever hurt me. Yes, yes. Forgive every single person. And you can't do it in one sitting. It takes time. You have to prayerfully, right? Sit down in a quiet spot, no distractions and really just say, okay, God, who, you know, who do I need to forgive? Right. And, and start thinking through your life. Right. You know, right. and go, go back as far as you can, you know, and just start thinking about your childhood and different grades and different little friends that, you know, or kids that were mean to you or, or adults, you, you know, you just have to work through those memories and sure. one by one, as they come up, you just say, okay, like, you know, here's an example, like, oh, this kid, called me a name on the playground. Like I remember it burned in my memory, you know, mm-hmm. at the time it was very painful, you know, to be called a mean name on the playground, that kind of thing. Right. And so I would say, okay, God, you know what they did. You know how, you know how I feel about it. You know, they hurt me, uh, but I'm choosing to forgive them. Right. Right. right? I'm choosing to forgive PD or whatever. Right. <laughs> I'm letting it go, giving it to you. Right. They're right. all yours. Right. I'm not going to carry this anger or bitterness and resentment. I'm just laying it down. I'm just going to lay it at the feet of Jesus. And uh, I'm, I'm just releasing the anger and the pain, right? They're all yours. Right. right, right. And I'm asking you to bless them. Mm. That's the hard part because right. you really don't want that, right? <laughs> you don't really want him to, to bless them. You want ju- judgment. Right. Right. But in that act of asking God to have mercy, Asking God to bless your enemies, right? Or bless the person that has hurt you. Right. You really give him full, full access to come in and heal your heart. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You, if you've got a sick heart, you've got a beat up, bruised, hardened heart, right? That's happened over your lifetime mm-hmm. of, in, of enduring pain, right? And abuse and hardship. Mm-hmm. Like you will have a sick body. Sick heart, sick body. Mm-hmm. So you got to heal your heart. Mm-hmm. And, and forgiveness is the way you do it. It actually releases you from the prison of pain right. that, that you find yourself in when you right. hold on to, to anger and bitterness. So That's this so is so powerful. And it's like, 
one of the most powerful things you can do for yourself and it costs you nothing. Right, right. You don't have to buy my book to do this. You can just do it. (laughs) Yeah, and you know what? I love, um, I I went through and listened to several of the modules in your Square One series. Um, Coaching program, yeah. Yes, the coaching program because you were offering them for free a while back. Um, Mm -hmm. And I went through and just listened to as many as I could. And you talked about that and my husband and I were really really enjoyed what we, what we heard. And, but, but you're right that the, that's the hard work. Like you, you said that the food is, you know, like that's important. We do need to pay attention to that. And um, we don't want to like throw this big heavy on everybody about food, although food is important. And, and I think that's one thing we want to communicate is like, I love the way that you just, you just basically are saying, look, just start adding a whole bunch more fruits and vegetables into your diet. So, so like if you're adding stuff in, you're automatically going to drop other stuff, the the bad stuff. And so that's a great way to start. And you're always, I I love your encouragement is always so doable. And that's what I appreciate. But then when you went on in these modules to talk about the different aspects of healing, um, you talked about stress and you talked about forgiveness and how those things were, they were way more work than, you know, having to go down to the store and buy a bunch of produce and do some juicing, you know, um, but so, so important and all intertwined. And so, you know, I took that to heart as well and just started to just think about, you know, like what, how, how is my mind thinking on a daily basis? How, you know, just really stepping back and doing a, um, just a heart check and asking the Lord to yeah. show me, you know, like, what is it, you know, are there things that I'm hanging on to? Are there ways of thinking that I don't even realize are just not, they're not of you, um, you know, because they just get to be like grooves and, you know, right. um, and you and you have to make an intentional, concerted effort to make new grooves. And so I asked him to help me do that. And uh, and, and that process has been happening. And um, it just That's all cool. of those things combined, just they change your whole outlook on life, your, your how you sleep at night. I mean, your digestion, your level of energy how you look at what's happening every day, how you see stress, how you handle stress. I mean, it's just, so I guess one of the reasons um, I wanted to do this episode is because it's not just, um, oh gosh, if you have cancer, take this advice. I'm saying this is um, preventative for cancer, but also for a lot of other diseases and just overall, just a wonderful way to live in terms of, you know, um, I just feel like we 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 can be more effective for the kingdom um, when we are energetic. We feel good. We've got a great outlook on life because we've got a biblical outlook on life, and we're trusting God and all of those things. Um, it, it makes a difference in 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 our ability to be salt and light. I couldn't agree more. I mean, you know my strategy is to get people excited about eating. Right. 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 Exciting about eating a plant-based diet and fruits and vegetables, not to scare anybody into it. Right. It's just like to get you excited about how incredible, like we just, we've never been told, we haven't been taught how incredible food is like Mm -hmm. of all these wonderful compounds. Like I said, vitamins, minerals, enzymes, antioxidants, and thousands of what are called phytonutrients. These are special molecules and compounds that are only in plant food. You Mm -hmm. don't get them in animal food. Mm -hmm. And put them in your body. They're anti-inflammatory. They block cancer growth. They improve your immune function, improve your natural killer cells, ability to kill cancer cells. They increase detoxification. Like all of these incredible compounds in, in food. And it's like, get them in your body. You know, right. you'll, you will feel better and, and 
you start this healing process and healing yes. momentum. And so, exactly. yeah, that's huge. But, you know, working on your thoughts, they call it mindfulness, but really it's, this is a biblical principle. Take right. every thought captive. Yes. You know, like, yes. what does that mean? Well, it just means think about your thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. be, be aware of what you're thinking about constantly. What, mm -hmm. what are you dwelling on? What are you mm -hmm. ruminating on? What are you meditating on, right? Because right. meditation is what you're thinking about all the time. Right. Right. And so you can sit, you can deliberately think about Jesus, mm -hmm. right? You can think about scripture, remind yourself of scripture, of God's promises, mm -hmm. right? And the wisdom that's in the Bible. Um, you can deliberately think, uh, uh, practice gratitude, which is mm -hmm. choosing to count your blessings, which I learned how to do in the most difficult season of my life. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. when I had cancer, I had every reason to be angry and bitter and resentful and, you know, what are you going to say? I got cancer. I can act however I want, right? Right, right. Like, and nobody's going to argue with you. Yeah, I can be a big <laughs> jerk. I got cancer, right? Uh, so, but I realized like I can't, I can't do that. Like mm -hmm. I can't go through life that way. And mm -hmm. so when I would start to get discouraged and depressed and frustrated, I would just stop myself and say, okay, I got some problems, but let me just take stock real quick. What's good in my life? Right, right. What's good in my right, life? Let me- right. Let me remind myself of what's good. I've got a wife who loves me. I've got a home, a place to sleep. I have food mm -hmm. in the fridge, mm -hmm. right? I have enough money to pay my next set of bills. Uh, I have a car. Mm -hmm. I have air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> you know, I literally, I mean, I've, I can get out of bed, you know? Mm -hmm. I, I can feed myself and on and on and on, right? I can walk and talk and see and hear. I mean, so I can do this all day. Right. And as soon as I as soon as I start doing that, just reminding myself of how good my life is, all the all the blessings in my life, then you know what my attitude changes. Right. Just right. Just in an instant, yeah. I realize okay, you know what my my blessings are so much bigger than my uh, struggles and my right. adversities, my trials. Right. Right. And um, I still do that now. Like I still have to deliberately catch myself in moments of frustration and be like, wait, okay. Let's let's do a little check here, gratitude check. Mm -hmm. And, and my, my gratitude hack, I call it, is one sentence, mm. basically. It's one sentence, and it goes like this. Right now, there's someone dying in the hospital that would give anything to trade places with you. Mm. Mm -hmm. They'd love to have your problems. Right. Right? Right. And then I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. Perspective reset. Like, I'm good. I can handle this problem. I'm not going to let this, whatever just happened, steal my joy. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. My life yeah. is good. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. I'm good. That's absolutely right. I've noticed that. And the more, the more you make it a practice, the quicker yes. you just instantly. And so I have noticed this, that literally within the first sentence or two, my body immediately starts to relax and yeah. it immediately shifts mm -hmm. over to like this more, more, um, just peace. a pot, peace and a, and a positive, you know, outlook and all of that. And that's not, uh, it's not mind games. It's, it's like, this is what God says to do. And this is why, because he tells us, what does he say? He says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything yeah. by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving mm -hmm. to make our requests known unto God and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So we don't guard the peace. The peace guards us. And we have that peace when we tell him what we need and we tell him 
you know, specifically asking him for specific things, but also thanking him. Yeah. Um, that's just, and, that's just, it's, it's a must. And he knows that he, he created us that way and he knows, and that's why he tells us to do those things. And so yeah, I it's love, great instruction. I, yeah. Right? I love about God's word is it's always for our good. Always. Yeah. And, and that, uh, that ties back to, you know, enter his, th- his gates with thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. It's like coming to God first and saying, thank you. Like, I acknowledge like wh- what you've done for me. Everything mm-hmm. that I have comes from you. Yes, absolutely. Like, thank you for, and then just down the list, A, exactly. B, C, D, E, F, G, mm-hmm. like, right? Until you run out of things to be thankful for, which you won't. You won't. You just, <laughs> it's, you just have to kind of stop, you know? And stop, right. And then, and then move on with like, here's what I need, you know? Yes, yes. Here's my request, but... But yeah, you know, I I learned how to do that with cancer. I never really needed, you know, we're just so blessed in the United States. Mm -hmm. I mean, we just don't have the same worries and struggles and challenges that so many other countries have that, you know, I mean, even just, you know, countries where food is scarce. Right, right. You know, exactly, exactly. And so... Uh, or where there's threats of war constantly yeah, and yeah. things like that, and where it's just you're never safe, you know. Right. And so, cancer taught me how to forgive. It mm-hmm. taught me how to practice gratitude. Mm-hmm. Taught me how to cast my worries and my fears mm-hmm. on God. And um, that again, I'm still, I'm still, I haven't, uh, I haven't reached perfection in any of those departments. But right. they, I learned how to deal with those negative emotions quickly. And not be consumed by stress. Yes. And yes. Uh, and so, and some you know some stressful situations persist for a while, and mm-hmm. you have to endure. Right. That's right. right. And they they teach you endurance. It's like the testing of your faith produces mm-hmm. endurance. That's mm-hmm. that's in the Bible, right? Absolutely. And uh, and so like some challenges in life, they just don't resolve quickly, and you right. have to keep your eyes on Jesus. You have mm-hmm. to, you just realize like, okay, this is a test of my faith, but I'm going to endure. Right. Right. I'm going to endure. Right. And he can give us a sustainable way to do that. Yeah. And I think the things that you've talked about today are part of that, a part of that picture. And one thing that I, um, before we wrap it up here pretty soon, I do want to mention because I, I'm sure people are listening. We've only talked about, oh, vegetables and fruits, which is a huge part of, of, kind of how you encourage people to eat, but there's also the legumes, um, the grains, those kinds of things. And so those are definitely part of the picture. And the thing that I found so fascinating about what I've heard, um, as I've listened to so many of the interviews you've done and watched, uh, the documentary, uh, Forks Over Knives and Mm -hmm. just hearing about the blue zones. And so if you could really quickly just, just talk about this because, and here's the reason I want you to share it is because, okay, I think that most believers know that there's a very good chance we may be heading towards some some interesting times in the future. A lot of families are, you know, kind of moving towards homesteading and, you know, kind of just preparing, you know, and my husband is, he's not, you know, he's not a a crazy guy. He just was like, you know, I think it's a really good idea if we just have a a backlog of food in case there's an interruption in the food chain or whatever. And uh, we've always thought that way. Um, But the stressful part of it for me has been the meat part. And when the Lord uh, just led us into doing that. I'm not saying I'm never going to eat fish or anything again. I just haven't. And I have had no desire to, but, um, we just decided, you know, 
for health reasons to do this. And we're and so far we're loving it and plan to stay the course. But the interesting thing was that doing eating this way has re, has removed the stress of having to somehow figure out how we would feed ourselves meat in a situation like that. And mm. instead, I now you go down to my basement and you're going to find 25-pound bags of garbanzo beans and brown <laughs> rice and quinoa. And it has just taken this, this stress that has always been there for, for years um, off. And I'm like, oh, I can totally do this. We're going to buy these the bags of these dried goods and we have a garden and some little growing boxes for the cooler months and we're going to be fine. You know, all of a sudden, just this load was lifted. So um, the other thing is it's not expensive. That was the other thing is, you know, eating this way is kind of poor man's eating. So if you can take it from here and explain what the blue zones are, I'd, I'd love for you to share that. Yeah, that's great. I love what you're doing. Um, <clears throat> and uh, so the blue zones... Uh, this is a National Geographic funded project where they, uh, Dan Butner led a team of researchers and basically the goal was to identify the longest living people groups in the world mm -hmm. and, and then uh, examine what they were doing, right? It's not like they just found like one old guy and were like, right. what did you, what did you do? <laughs> you know, like this, you know, you can find a hundred year old people in every city, right? Right. But, but they found these isolated pockets, there's five blue zones around the world that have exceptionally large numbers of people living past 100, mm -hmm. right? More than anywhere else, in the, more than even their surrounding cities. And so Okinawa, Japan is one, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Sardinia, Italy, um, uh, Icaria, Greece. And then there's one blue zone in the United States and it's Loma Linda, California. Mm -hmm. And in Loma Linda, Loma Linda is like the capital of the uh, Seventh-day Adventists. Right. And one of their principles is uh, eating a vegetarian diet. Mm -hmm. They've kind of incorporated it into their denomination or whatever. Right. And so, uh, and because of that, uh, they have exceptional health. They have lower rates of cancer and heart disease and longer lifespans than any other, you know, group of Americans. Mm -hmm. And so... Uh, but when you look at the blue zones, there's just a lot of just one, just fascinating information that came out of this research. But the, the big takeaways is, is on all of these different continents, these, these groups of people had a lot of, a, a number of things in common. One is they all ate predominantly plant-based diets. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean they're vegan, but they're eating 95% on average plant-based. Right. So that means they're only eating animal food a few times a week to a few times a month. Mm -hmm. So drastic difference there, right. right? Right. And they're eating a lot of whole plant food, fruits and vegetables, nuts and seeds, legumes, herbs and spices, right? Herbal teas, all kinds of, you know, just depending on the region, there's different uh, customs and different cultures, but the plant-based diet is central. Uh, daily exercise is central, mm -hmm. fresh air and sunshine, and then community, mm. you know, all these, the even in Loma Linda, because the Seventh-day Adventists are all of the same denomination, right? right? They spend a lot of time together in communities. There's a lot of fellowship mm -hmm. and community is so important to our, our mental and emotional health, which translates into a, you know, right. physical health. Right. And um, there's, there've been studies on isolation and depression. And I mean, how, how horrible being isolated and depressed is for you, not just your mental health, your mm -hmm. physical health. Mm -hmm. Cancer patients who are isolated and depressed die faster. 
And um, of course, we saw what happened around the world where they made everyone isolate. Right. And it was a catastrophic failure, public Mm -hmm. health failure Mm -hmm. uh, to do that to humans. And the collateral damage is, I mean, they're still trying to tally it up. Right, right. Uh, But- um, but yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful, um, you know, just practical real world, uh, study on like, just what are the basic principles of health and longevity? And that's, right. yeah, eating mostly plant food, very little animal food, getting away from processed food and junk food, obviously getting fresh air and sunshine, walking every day, uh, and spending a lot of time with friends and family, not just on, uh, you know, not just like Easter and Christmas, right. <laughs> you know? Like really being deliberate, and we're bad about it in the U.S. Other cultures are, you know, are there. I've been to, a, you know, a number of other countries, and you just notice like people are in a lot of other countries are a lot more social. I mean, they're getting together every day, right? Right. right. They're socializing every single day, mm. and uh, it's just important, right? Even if you have a family and you're with your husband and your kids and all that, like it's so good for you to get out and socialize with other family members right. and friends, right. right? I don't know. I can't even explain it, right? But it's just it's just good for you. So these are simple things, right? right? They're so simple. And that's the beautiful thing. I, I say this all the time. Truth is simple. Yes. Lies are complicated. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, the, the truth of the gospel is so simple. Mm-hmm. You read every, you know, read all the red letter text in the Bible, right? Everything that Jesus taught was simple. It was so easy to understand, right? I mean, now there's a few parables that, may, you know, you, you can get like, what is he talking about? But generally, right? There right. Are, there's no complicated, complex mm-hmm. theology or doctrine or all this religious stuff that we've tacked on to the gospel. Mm-hmm. You, you don't see it. You know, you, it's not there in in Jesus's teachings. It, it's so simple. So that, that to me is, it, to me, it's almost like, uh, it's a filter that I use to interpret, you know, Mm -hmm. information that comes at me. It's Mm -hmm. like, is this a simple truth or is this a very complicated wrangling? Yes. Right. Exactly. Uh, And when you look at what's coming from governments and the media, and obviously you've got a lot of homeschool moms, so they're acutely aware of what, you know, the information that's coming through the public school system or even the private school system, both. Right. And, you know, they don't want it. Right. They're saying, no, thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, because so much, so much, so much of it is so convoluted, right, and manipulated, and deliberately infected with just lies, right, right, and and propaganda, and uh, deception. And so, um, you know, if you take that same attitude and you put it toward the health and wellness, you know, put it into the health and wellness conversation, mm-hmm. right? It's like, mm-hmm. okay, let's get back to this simple. You know, how can I help myself heal? Let me just create a right. simple daily routine. Right, right. Right. The food, the fresh air, the sunshine, mm-hmm. exercise. And like you said, you can multitask. You can get your fresh air, sunshine, and exercise, right? And forest bathing, right? Right. Nature exposure. You can do it all, all at the same time. Right. Um, and and then work on your relationships and forgiveness. This is the recipe. This right. is the this is what I did in my own life, and this is the same thing that I've seen cancer patients do over and over and over all types and stages of cancer to help themselves heal. And right. thank you for mentioning that I have a podcast and YouTube channel and I've interviewed 
dozens and I don't even keep track anymore. It's a right. lot. It's a lot. Yes. Many, many, many people, more than you can even listen to at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've interviewed people who've healed all types and stages of cancer doing the same things that I did. Yes. And this, yep. all the things that we're talking about yep. on this podcast. And so if it all sounds new to you, I get it. It's cool. Like no problem. I, if you're skeptical, I totally understand. Uh, but just something to think about. Mm-hmm. How many people have to climb Mount Everest before you believe it's possible? Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. How many people? Well, if you start watching my interviews with cancer survivors, it won't take long before you it realize <laughs> healing is possible. <laughs> Absolutely. People are doing it. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. And we're going to actually put in the show notes all the ways that you can connect with Chris, you know, his, uh, we'll have his book in there. We'll make sure we list the book that you mentioned at the beginning, the first book that you read when you were just at the beginning of your healing process, maybe the blue zone book, your website, your square one. We'll put all of that in the show notes, mom. So whatever you find that is, you know, it's piqued your interest. I encourage you to go and check it out, but I am so thankful that you were here with me to Today, Chris, I appreciate the conversation and I'm hoping, um, I really do believe that moms are being encouraged. So thank you for joining us today. It was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for the opportunity to share my story and, and you know, the knowledge, some of the knowledge I've accumulated. It's a lot. It's a <laughs> with lot. With your audience. And, <laughs> you know, again, I'm just here to, as a, as a you know, 19-year cancer survivor, mm-hmm. patient advocate, I mean, my number one intention is to inspire uh, this belief that healing is possible. Right. Absolutely. That's it. I mean, that is the absolute very first step, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. That if you believe that healing is possible, if you start to believe it, then you will take steps to help yourself and change your life, right? Absolutely. If you don't believe it's possible, then you're just helpless and hopeless. That's right. And that is and not so, where God wants us. I know no. that for sure. He's a God of victory. He's a God of overcoming. He's a God of fruitfulness and restoration. Yes, yes, redemption. He can take all the things that Satan means for evil and use them for good. Yes. So, yes. Um, and that's our our message today. So if you wouldn't that's mind, awesome. Chris, would you close in a word of prayer? Yeah, happy to. God, I just thank you for another day of life and health. I thank you for Dorenda and the opportunity just to to connect with her and her audience and just share the how you've blessed me and mm-hmm. and I'm just so thankful, God. I'm I'm thankful for for everything that I have. I'm thankful for um, the promise of salvation, for the victory on the cross, for salvation, God. I'm just mm-hmm. thankful for you. Lord Jesus, you're so good to us. And I just thank you that you never leave us or forsake us, mm-hmm. that you supply all of our needs and that you bore our sin and sickness on the cross mm-hmm. and that by your stripes, we're healed. I just thank you for that promise. I thank you that you're a healer and that you're you're the same yesterday, today, and forever, that you, your desire was to heal while you walked the earth and your desire is still to heal, mm-hmm. that you do not change. And, uh, and so I just just give you praise and honor and glory and, and thanksgiving and uh, just pray that this, this word goes out and, and bears fruit and um, that people are list- who are listening today are encouraged and inspired and that they're, uh, they're also challenged to forgive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And thank you for forgiving me because mm-hmm. <laughs> I need it. So I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Okay, moms, one last little note. Um, I want to give you a little uh, heads up about uh, classical conversations. Uh, are you concerned that your child's current education won't give them the skills necessary to succeed in any area of life? Consider homeschooling with classical conversations by applying the classical Christian model of education. The classical conversations curriculum encourages students to learn how to learn and how to think for themselves so they can adapt to every challenge that uh, life throws at them. So join the over 50,000 families in 50 countries who have chosen to educate their children with Classical Conversations and visit classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. That's classicalconversations.com slash Dorinda. And I will leave um, a link in the show notes for that. Have a great day, moms. Mm-hmm.